This is Money Matters Unmasked, a podcast focused on the invisible side of the businesses. Here, we explore payment workflows, financing, the future of fintech, and much, much more with industry leaders and entrepreneurs across diverse fields. So if you want to learn more about the invisible hand keeping most of the businesses intact, you are at the right place. And today's guest speaker, we have Bill Gall. CEO at Builders Update. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a lot of things, one of which was uh, financial transactions, making them transparent, which increases the trust between the agents and the builders themselves. So Bill, let's kick things off simply with you telling us a little bit about yourself and about Builders Update. Oh, thank you, Constantine. Um, I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I see problems uh, just like uh, in that movie, People See Dead People. I see, I see problems that um, <laughs> you can't see, and I love challenge. I've, I've created four different companies in four different industries, and um, I love uh, buying new home construction, uh, and I couldn't find it. And so I went around, I talked to some builders, talked to some agents, talked to some brokers, MLSs, and I said, how about if I build a product that aggregates all of the new home construction in one place? Would that be a value to you? And everyone said, yes, but it hasn't been done. I don't think it can be done. And I go, ha, ah, I love a challenge. And so a lot 11 years ago, right at the downturn of the industry, I figured it was a great time, to, uh, an opportunity, because I knew it would come back. It's very cyclical. I built a, uh, um, a system that is now patented, um, and it basically creates um, an aggregation tool to pull in all the XMLs from builders, as well as the smaller builders mm-hmm. that have an XML. We pull in the data. And we, um, we make it available to licensed real estate agents because we feel that agents need to be injected into the process. I mean, you wouldn't walk into a, a courtroom without a lawyer. Why would you walk into a model home without an agent to be your ally? And, mm-hmm. and that's what I look at it is the ally uh, helps you with comps, uh, inside information, helps you negotiate a better deal. Because when you're walking in to a model home with a builder, um, the builder will sell you things. That's their job to sell you things. You may not need those things um, in terms of getting a good value of home if you're looking for resale later on in a few years. So anyway, that's what we built. We, um, we've we've uh, now teamed with MLS all over the country from coast to coast. We have about 675,000 agents using the site. Wow. We send over 1.1 million newsletters a month uh, to agents that love to receive it because we plop uh, new home construction in their area right into their inbox that they can actually move on. And we make it very easy for mm-hmm. them to use patented tools. Interesting. And congrats on that growth. That is an impressive numbers you've just shared. With that, with those numbers in mind, first question actually is what is an MLS? I'll be honest here. I'm new to the industry, have not heard that term before. Could you clarify that? Happy to. MLS stands for Multiple Listing Service. In each mm-hmm. metro, um, say, uh, such as Orlando, is Stellar, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, it's Beaches, in Austin, it's called Abor. Um, there's a, a collective that basically uh, uh, serves as a, an association uh, for the agents in that area, and they pull in principally resale properties. Um, and then they make that information available and they share it among agents. So one agent is a listing agent and puts it in, information into the system. And then all the selling agents are able to access the MLS and find that data. The one thing that's always been short is new home construction because new home construction 
is like a round peg trying to fit into a square hole. Uh, it doesn't fit into resale uh, fields. Um, I'm also chair of the new construction subcommittee for the real estate standards organization. And I'm trying to add fields to the MLS that will allow it to uh, work more seamlessly with new home construction builders. All understood, that is perfect clarification. And I'm so glad to have asked that because further questions are gonna be probably partially focused on that quite a bit. Um, so number one question that would be, uh, uh, with those great, you know, large numbers of the amount of users that you have out there, uh, they're actively using your, uh, you know, mailing services or sorry, uh, subscriptions, right? From what I understood from your website, most of your services are completely free. With the numbers of users that you have, how do you generate profits for yourself? Um, excellent question. That usually pops up when I'm briefing uh, an MLS to bring them on board. Um, all our services are at no cost to the MLS, no cost to the agent, and also no cost to the builders to give us their data. We want their data. We want as much data as we possibly can. Um, and we're like a free billboard to a builder. However, if a builder wants to receive uh, higher placement, basically be on page one or two versus page 30, where all the free mm -hmm. builders are, um, if they want uh, to appear in the newsletters, if they want metrics, analytics, leads, various tools that we have, like uploading your incentive or electronic buyer registration, all those things come under the umbrella of a premier builder. And then we charge them very simply, it's, really, it's a one flat fee of $200 per month per community. And that's it, mm -hmm. $200 per month per community. It's not a lot of money. It's about the price of a, a, a latte at Starbucks, I'd say per day. And yeah. uh, um, we've had builders that have fought us and said, no, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna work with agents. And finally their agents are saying, geez, we can help sell your homes if you just list your data with us. Um, uh, and then and Builders Update is a great tool in which to make that happen. And I've seen builders sign up on a Friday. They sell their first home on a Saturday. So it works. Mm -hmm. we've, we've had one builder that came on board. We increased their traffic 400% in two weeks. Wow. That is, and yeah, the pricing is, I love the fact that it's flat fee, nothing changes. Uh, that is amazing. So with that in mind, you know, that you just brought up the issue of the fact that Builders don't really trust agents. Some of them are hesitant to start working. And you did mention before we started this interview that you kind of solved this problem by creating the, uh, or making the transactions that are more transparent. How did you achieve that? Um, that's uh, another good question, Constantine. Basically, um, everyone feels like they're getting the short of the stick. Uh, mm -hmm. The who builds a house, spends all the time in the hot sun building a house, and they make um, 15, 20% on that home. And they see an agent just walk up hand in hand with a buyer. And then they have to, uh, in their mind, they have to fork over 3% of their profits to that agent. They feel like, geez, all they did is walk up and that's all they have to do to get 3%. The agent, on the other hand, spends months working with a buyer, months, months, walking around houses, talking to them, having meetings, searching. And finally, after months, they find the home. And then at that point in time, they get paid. So they feel like, you know, especially recently during the pandemic when they saw builders moving from 3% to 2% to 1% to no percent, um, mm -hmm. like they got abused. Um, and the buyer who's actually bringing the money to the party um, thinks that, geez, why should I walk in there with an agent? Even though the agent told me about the home, um, 
even if I just walk over to that builder and just happen to forget that I've been working with this agent for six months, maybe if I just walk in, um, that they'll give me a free refrigerator if instead, if I don't <laughs> say anything. So you see, there's a genuine mistrust. Everyone thinks mm -hmm. they're going to taking a better end of the deal if they just worked on their own. But the, yeah. the, the, the truth of the matter is it works better when all three parties work together. That's how we're able to do it. Make homes sell, sell homes faster, more efficiently, and more effectively at a lower price overall. Builders can put this price right into their marketing costs. I mean, really what it comes down to, when I talk to builders, uh, they, um, they may have to sit on that home for two or three months when it's sold. And I ask, well, what is your carrying cost on that home? Wouldn't you rather put that money in your pocket? Um, wouldn't you rather sell that home when it's at slab stage? And then allow the buyer to pick their colors and make changes instead of doing change right. orders later on. Um, and then that's what I usually convince them. And the same thing with agents. Wouldn't it be easier for you to find all the homes in one place instead of having going from home development mm -hmm. to development, 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 drive around, drive around. And um, and usually when they do, there's no one there to talk to. Um, so it really does save everyone a lot of time and money in the, in the process. Right. Um, but back to the question of uh, the whole system and the specifically financial transaction being transparent. How do you log that information and where is it available? And is it public data? So does everyone who has access to your MLS have access to that kind of data or is it between parties exclusively? It's only between parties exclusively and it's only available to licensed real estate agents and mm -hmm. to institution leadership. Um, and to the builders that own the house. Builders can't see the transactions that other builders do. It's all compartmentalized. Um, uh, and it's very competitive out there. Uh, so we don't want to reveal that information. But uh, right. and then yeah. also, unlike an MLS, we don't track the sales price. Um, and that's what makes us attractive because with builders, they're building cookie cutter homes, one after another, model A, model A, model A, model A. Mm -hmm. and they feel that if they put the price in, they sold from model A in, the next agent that's going to come along, they're going to say, well, I see that price. I want to get a better price from my buyer. Yeah. I'm working for And they don't want to reveal that. That's why they don't put all of their properties into the MLS. They put a model home in. That's it. And then when the agent comes out to their development, they have 15 homes. And then they right. like, Heck, I don't. I, I, they feel embarrassed because they don't know all the information about these 15 homes. With us, they can put all their quick move-ins, their coming soon's, their to be built. Mm -hmm. Everything is all there, and and because we don't reveal the sales price when it's uh, when a contract's pending, we just take it down. That's it. Interesting. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I'm trying to process everything and come up with a better follow-up question. But while I'm doing that, let me ask you a question that I wanted to ask you initially, which is uh, about the payment workflow. So it seems like there are a lot of parties involved at the very least three plus you on top of that as a you know system overseeing the whole thing. How do the workflows or payment workflows operate within your system specifically? So let's say a buyer decides to purchase a house from the builder with agents behind them, right? How does the transaction happen? Basically, a buyer tells an agent they're looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath, northwest part of town, uh, whatever it might be, price range. Uh, when they're ready to buy, the agent goes to work, and they find that mm -hmm. in our site. They find it. And then they notify the buyer, I found your house. Do you want to see it? Now, of course, depending on how long that took to find the house, uh, the buyer can say, no, I lost my job, or interest rate's too high now. 
or I changed my mind, yeah. whatever it might be, I'm moving out of town. And if no means no, that's the end of that. But if, if they say yes, two things happen. We immediately notify the agent, so that way they can set up a time to go out and see the home. And we also send out the first name, last name to the builder. That way the builder can check their list to make sure that they aren't already previously working with that buyer. Because if they are, they don't need the lead and they don't need to be paying a commission. And unfortunately, this is the other part of mistrust. Sometimes agents, when they know a buyer has gone on their own to a builder, um, mm -hmm. they buy the house, but then they want to take uh, credit for making that happen and get the commission. And that's not fair mm -hmm. to the builder. So that's why this yeah. whole system works. It's all transparent. It's all fair to all parties. Um, and then the builder, once they say, yes, I want to, uh, I would like to see that lead uh, information. I want to set up an opportunity for you to come out here. They set a period of time. It could be three days, three weeks, three months, whatever that period of time is. And during that period of time, if the buyer decides to go around the agent and go directly to the builder and to, to write a contract on that home, um, the agent is still protected. Um, now they have to come out during that period of time and fill out the builder's paperwork, but this way the, the agent feels more compelled to send their leads to the builder because they know they have protection period. Um, mm -hmm. And when the, uh, when the, ideally when the agent and the buyer go directly to the builder, they see the home, they like it, the contract is created. Um, and then uh, the agent is the agent of record. Um, and then and different builders will, will do different payment structures. Some will pay an initial upfront bonus and then they'll make progress payments as the house moves along. Because you know, with new construction, um, there's it could take six, nine months, twelve months to build, uh, depending on um, on the yep. availability of labor. Um, but or if it's quick moving, boom, they're in. That's why most agents are more comfortable selling resale properties because all they got to do is do all the inspections, boom, they collect their commission. Whereas with new construction, it could take a little bit longer. But what I try to explain to agents, this is money in the bank. This is so easy to sell new constructions. All you got to do is bring that buyer to the builder, have him fall in love with that home, and then walk away. And the builder <laughs> will take over from that. And they'll handle all that and, and all that whole process. And then they can go off and sell more homes. Um, they don't have to worry about all the emotions of selling a resale with the person selling the home saying, no, I yeah. will going to sell that i'm not going to give you my dining room table as a bonus I mean, <laughs> you know the builders want to sell homes they don't want to they don't there's no emotion there it's so much easier selling new home construction that's true i can't imagine how that's the case and also that, that i would imagine that without the emotion is just more reasonable easier conversation to be had that's mm -hmm. a great point bill so uh just to clarify the last part in the transaction side of things all those transactions do not happen through the builder's update that is a separate service that's going to be facilitating the actual payments flow right that's exactly right we, all we are is a conduit to bring the parties together um mm -hmm. and then the builders and the agents work out the transaction details and then of course they have to the, the buyer's got to either be pre-qualified or go out and get a loan for that home, whatever it might be. But that is all between them. We don't get into that. Uh, into that. Mm -hmm. Understood. Makes sense. You're you're minimizing your work there, which is totally understandable. So, um, in that case, let's talk a little bit more about the overall focus of this podcast itself, which is digging deep into the subjects that are generally uncovered, just because, simply put, they're conventionally kind of unattractive and therefore never discussed. So uh, when you were going into this field, specifically MLS, because it seems so specific, um, 
which is what is the one thing that you did not expect to see there what is this kind of one underwater rock that bothered you for a while or that's you know the issue that no one really saw just like you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that you spotted uh only after you got into the business um i'm like a little speedboat mlosses are like an aircraft carrier i speed around i make things happen i move at the speed of light um i um i am always frustrated when well we'll have to have a meeting about that or we got to go to the next level or no uh -huh. Six months from now, we'll have a, a briefing and like, I'll come back and think, oh my God, I, they're not going to put on my tombstone. This man was patient. Um, <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, you know, you can't bake a cake without, bake, uh, without cracking a few eggs. And I know mm -hmm. I tend to, um, I tend to push a bit more, but uh, if I didn't push, I would have zero agents on this site uh, because the MLS is um are very slow they're very conservative they move slow uh they got burned quite a few times with the upstarts mm -hmm. um that fail uh, i've been doing this for 11 years i don't consider myself a startup anymore um <laughs> still uh, i'm new to them and they don't know me uh that's why i go to all the agent events uh cmls reso nar uh, you name it i've i've been there i go there i see them they see me and um, they know I'm I'm a long-term player, and I'm always supporting mm -hmm. agents. Um, I am the only um, service that um, that does this that supports agents. Period. Yeah, honestly, that that thing that you just mentioned, which is being at those conferences in person for such a long time, that is a selling point in itself. Just the fact that they are so familiar with your face, just that they know that you're there for a long haul bam, deals close automatically themselves. Love the strategy there. In that case, uh, let's move on to the very last question, which would be, you know, what is your uh, one piece of advice that you would like to share with someone who's just entering the fields, either as a contractor, maybe as a new agent, um, or maybe as a home buyer, you know, myself included, actually. <laughs> um, I um, One piece of advice is that people buy from people. Um, I would not sell anything. I'm there to inform. Um, and that's what I would recommend. People don't want to be sold. They want to make their own decisions, but they yep. need information. Um, just as you as a home buyer, um, you know, probably you probably started off by going to an online service and looking at some yep. consumer sites and looking around. Unfortunately, some of those consumer sites don't always update their data. So you can fall in love with a home like, oh my God, I want to see this. I want this home. And then you find out that was home was sold six months earlier, but they just still have it up. Yep. That hurts the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that means you got to start all over again. Yes. Now you're wondering like, well, how many other homes are here that are six months old? And, and exactly. And then you feel like, geez, maybe, maybe it's better to, to link up with a licensed real estate agent. But yet you're still a bit maybe cautious, careful. You don't quite sure if you want to buy a house, you're prepared to buy a house. That's why it, it may do best to do some interviews of various agents and to find the one that you feel most comfortable with that's going to inform you, that's going to be your ally, that's going to give you good mm -hmm. information, that's going to move fast. I, I work with, oh, I mean, there's 1.2, I think 1.3 million agents out there. And I've met a lot wow. of at all these agents across the country, these events that I go to. And some are fantastic. 
and some are, let's just say, not fantastic. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so it's important for you to find somebody. Don't always, it's always nice to go with a referral from a friend that, oh, I had this great agent, but just because they mm -hmm. work for an agent and that person doesn't mean they're going to work for you and your style and your price range, your location. So it's best to interview a few. And then once you find somebody, then put all your chips and eggs in that basket because that agent is not going to work as hard for you knowing that they're working with three agents. Um, it's best to go with one solid agent. Give them a period of time. I'm going to give you three months to find me this house. And if not, mm -hmm. I'll part ways and move on someplace else. And that means that they're going to work harder for you. But, all, but recognize people buy from people. You need to enjoy the person you're talking to and that they are going to enjoy working with you, um, making commitments, um, and making sure that you have the finances in place that uh, for the home you want to buy. Because a lot of people have champagne taste, but a beer budget. Um, <laughs> better, be, better be honest up front and say exactly what kind of home you can afford. Especially now with uh, interest rates rising, you're going to oh, add yeah. a thousand or two more to your home price when you look at it. So be cognizant of that. And that way you're not disappointed and, and you're like, geez, I love this house, but I can't afford it. And then that's mm -hmm. all time is wasted. You're disappointed. Everyone, it's, it's a no-win situation all the way across. Everyone's just sad and poor. Uh, lovely. <laughs> that's an optimistic note to wrap the episode on. But no, uh, jokes aside, yeah, great advice. Absolutely loved it. Um, that will be the wrap. People, check out the description of this episode. I'm going to leave Bill's LinkedIn uh, Builders Updates link as well. So the link to their website and any other information that Bill will share with me afterwards. So any links to useful websites that he would recommend or anything of that sort. So check out the description of this episode. And as always, have a great day. Thank you, Bill, for coming on the podcast. Constantine, thank you for your time. Great questions. I hope I can help you or anybody out there buy their dream house.